0: Welcome to Counterspin's new show, The Awakening View, a show where we discuss things all great awakening as a response to the great reset. We are the solution. They've caused the problems and we don't have to go along with it if we don't want to. This is such an exciting time to be alive. So many great opportunities for us to grow individually and link up with people who value freedom just as much as we do. And this show is going to be discussing a lot of topics such as toxic femininity and the way that we can bring men and women together uh, and actually work in harmony to uh, create the world that we want to see for our children and our children's children. This first episode is a great one. I'm very excited because we've got Monica Smith from Reignite Democracy Australia. You'll remember her, uh, she went viral. Last year in August, when she was arrested for incitement, she did that video that I'm sure you all saw uh, being pulled over in the car with the police. And uh, yeah, she's going to tell us about what happened there and um, what led to her getting involved into this whole movement two years ago, and then her great plans that she's got moving forward, bringing people together to step into their power and really become part of the solution um, on a local level, but also globally, as we all move into this great awakening, such an exciting time to be alive. So we're gonna roll a clip um, from a report that outlines what happened to her and then we'll bring her on and we'll um, get right into it. When governments began encroaching on citizens' freedoms at the onset of COVID, many people submitted like sheep, but a few heroic resistors emerged. Canada has Arthur Pavlovsky and Tamara Leach, but Australia has a freedom fighter too. Church Milton's Paul Morano introduces you to a faithful Catholic worth knowing and imitating.
1: Her name is Monica Smith. She's a 33-year-old faithful Catholic from Australia who has been fighting the country's totalitarian COVID restrictions since 2020. In August 2021, Victoria police arrested her for allegedly inciting opposition to the state's invasive rules. The Melbourne magistrate allowed Smith to be released on bail but only on three conditions, including removing any materials from any social media accounts that incite opposition to the chief health officer's directions. In response, Smith refused to submit to the conditions and was forced into solitary confinement for 22 days. Smit resisted with an even greater vigor in March this year. On March 1st, Victoria Police issued a warrant forcing Smith to give the government the passwords on her personal and work email accounts. A month later, on April 6th, she submitted an application to the Supreme Court to have the warrant revoked. Smith recently got bad news.
2: But um, I've now actually lost the appeal this morning, and um, I have to pay the costs of the prosecution as well, which
1: is. Smith's legal team advised her to withdraw her application and plead guilty to the incitement charges.
2: You know, lockdowns aren't over, in my opinion, uh, whether it's a pandemic or climate change or whatever. The government has tested the population's uh, compliance to overreach and tyranny, and the population failed. Mostly they complied, and uh, this fight is not over.
1: Critics argue Monica Smith has more fortitude than most men, especially those in miters and collars. Paul Marano, Church Millicent Evening News, Detroit. If she doesn't comply with the warrant to give up her passcodes, Smith could face up to five years in jail.
0: And welcome to the show, Monica. It's so lovely to have you on. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today.
2: Oh, thank you. I've been speaking to a lot of New Zealanders lately and um, it's really great to be here. Thank you for inviting me.
0: So maybe um, because obviously that that clip um, was recorded before uh, the good news, um, your recent good news, maybe just kind of let's do a little bit of a backstory of how you got involved and you know how, how things kind of unfolded and then now we are at and um, what the great outcome was recently.
2: Yep. Yeah, so how I got involved was it was about July two thousand and twenty uh, in Victoria, longest lockdown out of any country, I believe. And also it was the middle of winter. We weren't allowed to leave our house more than five kilometers. We weren't allowed to exercise for more than an hour, which no one can police anyway. But you know they said it anyway, and people were listening. And you know I couldn't drive three minutes to the east of me because there was a ring of steel around the CBD around the city. And, you know, I was just like, this is not, this, this can't be normal. This is not right. And I I felt the um, anger and the the apprehension in the air. And I thought it's, I don't need to be a health expert to know that that is not a healthy thing for people to have all this aggression inside and they're not allowed to protest they're not allowed to go outside they're not allowed to go to work they're not allowed to do anything so I came up with the idea for a live stream protest this was before I uh, was not afraid of police so I was actually trying to follow the rules at the very beginning because I was unsure what was going to happen so I found a loophole around the system to have a live stream protest. I collated all the comments and put it into bar graphs and, you know, uh, pie pie graphs. And I sent an email to all the members of parliament in Victoria, letting them know what 4,000 Australians had said on that first broadcast. So that's where Reignite Democracy Australia came from. I came up with the name a week before the live stream started. And um, that live stream had 1,500 live viewers and I've never had a video. I've never had a live stream that big ever since and no one knew who I was. So clearly it was the right time for some sort of, uh, you know, voice uh, within Victoria for the movement. And then it just kind of ballooned from there. So that's how it all started.
0: Awesome. And then um, is it correct that you were then arrested three times over this whole period? Oh gosh. um, Well, on
2: October 1st, First twenty sorry October thirty first twenty twenty, I was arrested three times in one day. Um, I was uh, I had my work papers as a crazy as that sounds. I had my mask exemption on me, and I had a film crew with me and everything. And I was you know a fully fledged journalist at this point, and I had uh, the the platform and things like that to show for it. And they asked me to move on and I said, well, why? I'm doing my job. Um, And they arrested me and then they let me go and they told me to move on again and I said no. And so they put me in the back of a divvy van for 45 minutes with my hands cuffed behind my back Um, and then they let me go again and then they said we could do us. then they arrested me again um three times in one day so that was October 31st uh that was my first sort of wake up call to the fact that oh my goodness my fellow Australians are going to arrest people like me and that was a really sad moment for me to realize that the police uh weren't necessarily on our side um or at least that they would follow tyrannical directions if it was given to them to keep their job and that was a really sad moment for me but anyway fast forward to um A year later that's when i was arrested while i was driving um and uh you know put in solitary confinement for 22 days but between those times uh between october 31st and when i was arrested a year later you know the the lockdown protests here in victoria i know that you guys know what i'm talking about in new zealand because you saw the heavy hand of the police in wellington and i've heard the stories i've seen the footage you you don't unsee those things and uh, I was in many of those situations with rubber bullets and so were you guys with uh, fire hydrants and uh, you know all these types of crazy things and there's children in the crowd and it's it's like it's like being in a video game but a really bad one that you can't really just turn off um and it changes you as a human being and um you know the police are going to have a lot to answer to but yeah that's kind of been my experience with the police um over the last year. And just if you want me to go straight into to what you just watched about the passwords and stuff. Do you want me to go
0: straight into that? Yeah. Well, maybe just before that we could do you think we should play the um piece with you and Morgan getting arrested and maybe you can oh. talk a little bit about um because it kind of cuts off just when you'd call when you were reaching out to your dad and you were explaining to them that you're you are a, a journalist and um, you know, and they just didn't seem to care. Sure. So yeah, let's play that and then we'll That's October thirty first, the one I just right. explained. Yeah. Okay.
2: We had a group of about 10 people. We were socially distanced. We were told that we were allowed to have this. I am a journalist. Morgan. Guys, we don't wanna do this. I don't wanna be arrested, but we're doing this to make a point because we have every right to be here. We have every right to be here. We were even socially distancing. We were doing everything we were supposed to do. This is the, I've been arrested twice already where are you going are you staying in the circle
0: oh we've got no choice now
2: so we've been told that if we stay here we're going to get arrested so here we go move, move. don't 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 fight it morgan
0: don't fight it morgan
2: it's okay can i are you gonna take his heart i'm next coming
3: around you can just arrest me it's okay if you're willing to leave peacefully and we'll get an arrest no, but you can arrest me you. no put your hands on i'm your not head. putting my hands on my head okay, we'll get i'm a crew. journalist
2: i'm a journalist guys i have work permits i have an exemption for my mask i was told that i was allowed to be here so i'm, I'm not putting my hands on my head because um yeah i'm a journalist i'm protected under federal legislation of implied freedom of political communication i'm a journalist I have a work permit. I have an exemption for my mask. Are you sure you want to arrest me? Can you produce your work
1: permit, please,
2: ma'am? My father has it and he he's, if you, please, can I call him and, and I'll get it for you? He's right here. He's, just, he's coming right now. Can I? Okay, I'm going to call my father.
0: So what happened after that cut? Yeah,
2: well, it's, it, in Victoria, um, I don't know how it works in, in New Zealand, but when they come to arrest you like they did with Morgan, it's kind of like a V shape. There's one at the front and then they they create a triangle sort of thing and uh, and they just come at you, right? And that that's what was coming right at me, right at the end when I was like, you, I'm a journalist. Are you sure you want to do that? And then I was, you saw a bit of fear in my face and I was like, my dad's coming. My dad's coming. He's got my work permit with me, um, with him. And so I actually prevented them from um, violently arresting me like they did with Morgan, which was good because they hurt you in the process on purpose just to degrade you um so right after that they just walked me uh to the processing area so they didn't violently arrest me um and they gave me a fine for being in a group larger than 10 um and even though I had my work permit and everything in my hand they just didn't care so yeah that's what happened
0: uh yeah and and, and we witnessed that firsthand ourselves you know just the level the, the overreach the the police overreach um and just I mean we didn't have we you know we had Wellington but you guys had like a sustained attack like mm. you know it was just ongoing mm. and it was so heartbreaking witnessing that um from mm. the side of the the ditch but and but at the same time we were like yay go Australia like what's where's New Zealand like because we had started early as well like in 2020 but it didn't really ever pick up to the numbers you had until very recently um so it was it was so just heartwarming to see you guys taking such a strong stand. So then, yeah. So you you did your twenty two days as well. Because what what did they actually? Well, what did they put you in jail for at that point? And um and how did then how did you get out? And then like you say, let's let's talk about the um yeah. the warrants for all your social media passwords and things. So basically, I got charged with two
2: incitement charges and three summary offences. So the summary offences are just like not wearing a mask or something ridiculous like that. So the incitement charges are criminal, um, even though it was incitement to to breach COVID restrictions, with the, which are only a fine. So to put it in really simple terms, it would be like if you convinced your friend to park in a no parking zone and she got a ticket for that, Imagine you getting criminally charged for encouraging her to do it. That's how ridiculous the incitement charges are to begin with. But they were using this loophole in the criminal system um, to silence people like me by putting them on strict bail conditions. Um, and because you know you need money and support and mental fortitude to to, to actually fight against these types of things, um, you know, a lot of people just pled guilty and, and and paid the fine and just got off bail. And I don't blame them for that at all. I was just lucky enough to. the support to 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 not sign the bail conditions um and to be honest my bail conditions were the worst that anyone had gotten before so it actually made it really easy for me not to sign them so the reason i spent 22 days in jail was not for the crime itself it was because i refused to sign bail conditions and i had to wait to go to the supreme court to appeal them and the supreme court judge agreed that they were ridiculous and they she took all the bad ones away And before I move on, I'll just let you know the bad ones. I won't go through all of them. There was like 15 of them. Um, You know, my lawyers have seen less bail conditions for like people running through houses with machetes. But anyway, that's besides the point. Um, The first one was already bad enough. I had to be home from 7 p.m. to 6 a.m. until my trial. Now, just so your audience knows, I am still on bail, okay? So imagine being home from 7 p.m. to 6 a.m., for 10 months straight in summer and everything, right? Imagine that. Secondly, the the onerous kind of communistic style ones, those were, I was no longer allowed to speak against the COVID restrictions. So it wasn't about me speaking to uh, encourage people to break them. It was just me speaking against them full stop. That was in the bail conditions. Can you believe it? And then on top of that, within 24 hours of signing my bail, I had to delete everything on my website and all my social medias, which at the time I had hundreds of channels because I had all these different groups. Um, I had to delete everything within 24 hours that opposed the COVID restrictions. Now, my entire website opposed the COVID restrictions. So I had seven staff at the time. They all would have lost their jobs. My entire organization would have come to a standstill and lots of, lots of people would have lost a lot of hope. So there was just, they actually made it really easy for me to be quote unquote brave, you know? Um, so I didn't sign them, went to prison for 22 days, got out, continued my work. Um, and yeah, do you want me to keep going with that then?
0: Yeah. And I yeah. mean, that, those bail conditions sound very similar to what a lot of people have got here in New Zealand. And again, same thing, breach of COVID and then just these draconian measures. Um, Calvin, my co-host, was also arrested outside, you know, when we we're trying to raise awareness about um, a court case that was going on. Luckily, he was released without bail. But um, most people and without charges, but most, yeah, most, most, well, most of the freedom fighters that were arrested have either, yeah, plead guilty or they're still waiting. And it's, it's just shocking. So then, so then, yeah, talk us through how, you know, it was all kind of um, recently. Well, no, you better talk about, yeah, the, the social yeah. media and stuff like that. Well, they wanted all he- your passwords.
2: Yeah, and just so that you know, I mean, in the Commonwealth countries like Canada, New Zealand, Australia, they're actually dropping a lot of these charges. Um, So there's something going on out there that we're not quite sure of, uh, which I think they're realising that they're in a bit of muddy water. So if you are close to uh, try to hold on try to hold on a bit longer if you're in that position. I just want to say that because it could be worth holding on. Anyway, um, so uh, in February, um, I pled not guilty to incitement. And then about three weeks later, I got a warrant uh, out to force me to give them passwords to all of my, like, everything on my phone that they still, have, they still have in their custody to this day. Um, and I don't really care about My privacy, I didn't really have anything to hide. I actually didn't actually organise those protests that they say I did, so I didn't care about that. But it was more the admin at Reignite Democracy Australia email address because so many people email me there or email my staff and my staff respond. I don't know what my staff say every single email. And on top of that, Google Docs, Google Drive, Google Maps, you know, there are some small databases in there of volunteers and things like that. So it wasn't about my privacy. It was about other people's. Who the heck would ever want to email us again? if they knew that the police had access to it. I mean, come on. Um, it, was, it would just be a nightmare. So um, I appealed it. I lost, costed me $80,000 to appeal it. Thank God for support from other people because I don't have that money. It's only because of supporters. Um, but I also have to pay the cost of the prosecution as well. Um, so that's like $180,000. I lost that. And then I had three weeks to comply with the warrant. Um, and they actually, the, anyway, the point is, is uh, I told them, I'm not going to give you anything. What do you want to do? I'll come in and get arrested if you want, because I want to be, like, comfortable this time. Uh, You know, I want to be wearing tracksuit pants and and warm woolly socks, you know, instead of my work clothes, which is what I was wearing last time. So I was like, I'm not complying. What do you want to do? Where do we go from here? And then uh, a week later, they dropped the charges. So it's really weird. I felt like it was a poker game and they were bluffing me and I called their bluff and I won that round. Which is kind of exciting in that way. They, they actually lost quite a bit because they lost the appeal on the bail conditions and then they had to drop the charges and they didn't get passwords to anything. So they kind of they kind of lost on this one. So it, it is, it is a it is a really big win. Um, but I am still on bail because I still have three summary offenses that I have to go to court for. So that is ridiculous. I am on bail for a fine which is, yeah. So it's not over. They're still trying to dig a little deeper, you know, but that's where I'm at right now.
0: (laughs) So can you say anything about how you're going to play those summary offenses or have you got some plan up your sleeve?
2: Well, to be honest, they're just fines. And there's, you know, I look, I, I do have another fine case that I'm working on at the moment. It's just one fine on its own and it's not a big profile situation. I'm actually trying the common law, uh, thing the whole i'm a living woman thing um i yeah i'm giving it a shot because it's been talked about a lot and there's no risk there's hardly any risk if it doesn't work and then i can tell people my experience so i'm i'm in that process and i and it's really interesting to see how that goes but with the three summary offenses because there's bail attached to it um it might be a bit different it's a bit riskier in that sense because i would prefer not to be on bail because uh it carries some restrictions you know
0: yeah, right. Well, good luck with that. I hope it goes well. Um, common law and living law and natural law, they all, that whole topic is sweeping uh, the country here in New Zealand as well. So definitely a lot of um, new things to learn in regards to the legal system slash lawful system and what is a human being and who are we as living men and women? That's Yeah, that's great. Big topic. Big,
2: big yeah. topic. And unfortunately, and I'll just quickly say, I mean, A lot of the people in the past that have been advocates for this sort of thing, they've kind of come across as a little bit crazy. Um, But now I think it's going into mainstream and it's attracting the more rational side of things. And there is a very rational, practical way to use it. And I'm hoping that it is what it says it is. But at the same time, there's a lot of people doing it here in Australia and they're actually not getting anywhere with it but i don't think that's because it's not legit i think it's because the courts don't want anyone to win because they know that that news will be spread really far and wide and it will give us a new sort of ammunition to use so they're going to try to discourage us as much as possible with this i think so i'm going to take it all the way and if she i've already had a, a loss they she she pled um the judge w- entered a plea without my consent. Um, you know, so I- I'm not winning actually, but, but when we, if we lose, I will, um, do a judicial review on it. And, you know, so we'll, I'll go all the way and see what I can do. Anyway, that's it.
0: <laughs> yeah. People definitely need to be careful and really know this stuff before mm-hmm. they um, start doing that. So that brings us to maybe uh, talking a little bit about what you're currently working on. Um, You recently had the Freedom Summit Down Under. Do you want to give a little bit of a background on that? And then we'll play um, Avi Yemeni's coverage of that event. Yeah, sure.
2: Look, it really just, we haven't been able to have events for, since I started the organization. So I was like, finally, I could actually host people, have a few drinks with people that I like and network with people. And so, yeah, we created the Freedom Summit Down Under 2020 two and um the first one was in melbourne it was extremely successful and we have another one in sydney on the 25th of august with uh more than double the amount of seating because we were full to the brim and we had people standing up in melbourne so um it's really about uh, it's all about solutions um because over the last two years we've been very reactive and it takes a lot of energy and a lot of negative energy actually we needed to do that I don't regret protesting trust me it was amazing Um, but now I'm really looking to the future and I'm looking to um, not care so much what the government does not be surprised by it because they are corrupt and they're not going to do good things so it's obvious that they're going to do bad things so I just want to really learn how to live peacefully even in the chaos and just like not care what they do because we're creating a lifestyle for ourselves regardless so that's kind of the point of it Um, it's it's the summit is really about small voices with big ideas because there are so many people who have a great idea or initiative but they don't have a platform or they're not good at social media so I'm actually some some people have never done public speaking before so it's really quite interesting and then you've got the big speakers too but yeah I'll let you play the video awesome
3: yeah let's play that video you many for rebel news in melbourne australia where reignite democracy the firebrand that you all should recognize really well from the freedom fighting protests here in melbourne tonight running a very different event It's called the Freedom Summit Down Under 2022. This is our first one, it's in Melbourne. We plan to tour around the country with it. Um, And the the tagline of it is to learn how to live peacefully and prosper even in chaos. Basically after two years of pushing back on the front line, I've realised that no matter what happens, we need to find a way to live our best lives, even if they're throwing everything at us. I think it's just gonna be a really amazing night of building community, building a sense of optimism and hope, and really shifting our focus away from all of the negative and towards the future, and towards the positive aspects of the future of what we can actually build and what we can actually do together now that we've found each other. Excuse me, sir,
0: Um, there's
3: a height restriction here. I'm only allowed to be the shortest person.
1: (laughs) It's vital because what we're seeing here is an absence of sheep. These people have proved themselves to be lions. And that's what we've got, and that's what we need. More Australians standing up and taking charge of their lives and also of the country. You know in the Constitution who's in charge? The only people who can change the Constitution are the people. And these people are understanding that they're in charge and they want to start working out how to take charge.
3: We sold out six days before the event, so uh, full house tonight, there'll be people standing up. In Sydney, we're going to have a bigger venue, obviously, so 500 to 800 maybe, um, and I think it's going to do really well. No QR codes here tonight? It's really funny because people were supposed to start arriving at 6.30. It's only 5 past 6 and there's tons of people already here. So we were going to backtrack and try to do the registration as people walked in and I just said, you know what, stuff it. No one here likes registering for anything or QR code checking in or even telling anyone their name. So I thought, you know what, if someone sneaks in without a ticket, say la vie, you know? You you realise now that when you go to other states, a lot of people might try sneaking in with other tickets? Well, we might be on the door half an hour early next time. (laughs) It's almost like a surreal moment having all of us in one room together, and um, it almost feels like a turning point in terms of what we went through and what's actually happening now. But don't you find it bizarre that, you know, for two years when cases were much lower than we have now, hospitalizations were much lower, there was, for goodness sake, when there was one case, they shut down the entire city, and this was certainly very oh, illegal, please. but now this. Anti-maskers, anti-vaxxers, they're all welcome to congregate in the hundreds in a venue. Avi, my friend. Why? Why? You sound
1: like a conspiracy theorist. You need to trust the science.
3: Obviously, during lockdowns, we weren't able to have in-person events at all. So this is actually a celebration of freedom instead of always having to... Yeah,
0: that's awesome. Um... We did a tour around New Zealand after Wellington and, you know, it was a similar type of thing just to reconnect people and lift them up again because of all the depression and the, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder and everything that people um, had been feeling. I mean, without, you know, spending too much time on it, what was it like for you guys all to be together in in a room together with like-minded people?
2: Yeah, I mean, you never walk away from an event like that without having a sore face from smiling so much you know you never walk away depressed and the the best feedback I had from the whole evening was when uh, someone said to me I was feeling really down I was feeling hopeless I felt like we had no no options you know and I walked away feeling inspired and um, empowered because I realized that we still do have hope and that is exactly what I wanted to what I wanted people to walk away feeling so hopefully we can do that all over the country
0: Awesome. Well, we wish you all the best for that, and we're going to talk um, shortly about your reignite world freedom event that's coming up. But before we do that, um, something that yeah, like I said, we started talking about on tour was uh, toxic femininity because we've talked about toxic masculinity (coughs) for decades. Um, Men have had to take responsibility for um, you know their bad behaviour, and I want to congratulate you as well recently for getting engaged to your um, partner Morgan. How do you see? you know, the role of women these days, I mean, women here in New Zealand are taking a real lead in the freedom movement, but how do we work together with our men? So as we don't dampen down, you know, their divine masculinity and their amazing qualities. True. I actually don't really know the answer to to how
2: to do that. Um, you know, I don't see myself as, you know, stronger than men or anything like that. Um, I just, you know, everyone's different. Um, I just think that the roles are very confused. It's 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 a really confusing time to be alive um, these days culturally. Um, you know, uh, I feel really sorry for men uh, um, who, who who don't feel like they can be masculine because that is considered toxic or it's considered misogynistic just for them to be gentlemen. You know, if they offer to open the door for a particular woman, she might scream at them. But I want guys to open the door for me, you know. Um, So this sort of, you know, they offer someone a chair on the train and they get yelled at for being misogynistic, but they were just trying to be a gentleman. And then that stops them from being um, nice to other women that actually want that sort of treatment. So uh, feminism has obviously gone way too far, just like many movements have gone there's a there's a fraction of them that go too far and to be honest what I think and I'm going a little bit off topic to the particular question that you asked because I don't know how to fix that within the freedom movement but I can say that women especially we have been bombarded with the need to work and be a mother and be a wife and do everything and we as a as a general we are absolutely at our wit's end, trying to please everyone because we are pleasers. We do like to make people feel good. So we're really trying to keep everyone happy, but the only person who, and we are suffering from it. You cannot be a good career woman and a good mother and a good wife all at once. Something is going to fail and it's probably going to be motherhood or wife because work, you need to work hard to pay. So you've got to spend half of your wage paying for childcare so that you can work to pay taxes to the government, your life is a mess, you're not happy, you're mentally suffering because you're not feeling fulfilled with your life. And then you blame the man for it. And it's just a vicious, vicious cycle. So to be honest, I think um, if couples especially can move out a little bit further from the city to to um, put down their living expenses a little bit so that the woman can maybe work only two days a week if that's what she wants. I think that would change a lot. Um, But I think, you know, women are really unhappy. Women are really unhappy because we are not living the way that we were intended to live. And I'm not saying that everyone has to fit into a box, but there's a reason why we have certain ways of thinking and certain ways of dealing with emotions because we are different than men and, uh, we should celebrate those differences instead of feeling bad about them. And yeah, that's really my, my take on it. Um, I, I, I hope that people can find the time to find what the, what their really inner strengths and, and, and what they want to do with their lives is instead of following culture.
0: Yeah. I couldn't agree more. As women, we can have it all. We just can't have it all at the same time. And um, ah, sacrifices good. have to be made. And, you know, I really want to start these discussions because um, mothers are looking for role models for their girls, especially, uh, you know, what we see out there in mainstream culture is, you know, it's it doesn't give much choice in regards to actually embracing, like you say, the nurturer, the the homemaker, the mother, the partner. Um, So I'm hoping that, you know, we can start having these conversations and giving girls and young women um, the inspiration to want to, keep creating life because after all it's it's an assault on the family and it's an assault mm-hmm. on on human existence so um yep we're very much on the same page there I think you summed it up very nicely you know can I can I, add, I want to add something though real sure. quickly because I,
2: I'm 34 years old and I don't have children um so some people might think well you're a bad example of that you're a career woman well guess what it's, it wasn't my choice I, I wanted to get married and have children but God had a different plan for me and so when I was about uh 29, I I was like, well, my friends are having, having children, which is a great purpose. That's their purpose now. No matter what happens in their life, they have a legacy. And I was like, well, what if I don't have children? I need to do something as well. So then I started thinking outside the box and I started planning my life as if my my, my um, purpose in life was not to have children. And that's why I work so hard and stuff. It's because I don't have children. It's not in replacement of children. I would, uh, I would really love to have children one day and put all of this aside. But until I do, I'm going to work really hard so that there's a legacy just in case I don't have children. <laughs>
0: That's right. There's hope for us yet. Um, And, you know, after all, we are doing it for the children, um, whether we end up having children or not. At least we did something. That's how I see it. You know, if I do have children, I want to be able to look back and tell them um, I did my best in a really difficult time. And who knows with all these, um, you know, sudden adult death uh, syndromes and all these unexpected deaths around the world, maybe there's going to be a lot of children, orphan children that need mothers so um mothering and nurturing comes in many different ways so to any of you out there who um haven't necessarily got children yet um that that energy can be put into other things like Monica's saying like like creating freedom for everybody so um, or anything yeah purpose purpose other
2: people's lives happy
0: at least in some way yeah Absolutely. So, just before we go out, um, we we're going to play your um, promotional video for the Reignite World Freedom event, uh, the global walkout. Now, where are you at with that? I understand you've got, um, you know, you're getting your groups together around the world. You've encouraged people to pledge their support. When are we looking at a date, and um, how are you kind of allowing each country to to create the events that suit their communities? Yeah. So it's
2: completely decentralized. So obviously it needs to have a name and, a, and an umbrella of some sort, but, you know, people can absolutely run with this in any direction they want. Um, and that's actually, that's, that's why I think it's going to work because, you know, uh, we're not trying to micromanage anything. And, and there's a 5%, ch- 5% chance that uh, some people will go off with that and do something terrible with it, but 95% of people won't. And that's, that's the 95% we're going to Focus on, but yeah, we're doing really well in terms of networking and stuff. And the announcements will come in literally the next week and a half or so. Um, and actually, the the event itself has actually evolved a little bit. And uh, when I do make the announcement, uh, we're actually going to be able to start walking out immediately, um, one small step at a time. So um, it's going to be really exciting, and I think it's a uh, it's going to provide people with a way to feel like they're doing something, even though it's not going to be that hard. It's going to be low, low effort and huge impact with, with big numbers. So I'm, uh, super, super excited
0: to announce how we're going to walk out. Cause it might not be what you expected. Ooh, sounds exciting. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if you ever heard Max Egan talking about it, but he's been talking about it for years, you know, having these, these walkout days, um, like I said, don't know exactly how you're going to do it. But um, but maybe even if it evolves into like a monthly thing in the future or something, where we just all disengage from the matrix system because if we literally stopped, you know, paying into the system and stopped complying, then they literally, it would take their power away, wouldn't it? That's right. And um,
2: it's something I've realized recently is protests, um, they had their place and, they, and their time. Um, but at the moment, I feel like, the elites are kind of like the bullies in the schoolyard and we have been reacting and reacting, which is actually giving them what they, what they enjoy actually. Um, So I think there's a, actually a less, less effort way to actually uh, impact them more that doesn't involve having to drive hours and hours and take time off work and things like that. It's a little bit more subtle, but, uh, you know, um, protests definitely have their place. I want to reiterate that. I've had some of the best days of my life at protests and the convoy to Canberra and things like that. Um, and there will be a time for them again, I think, but I just don't think it's right now.
0: Awesome. So if people want to follow along with you and they're not sure um where to find you, what's the best places they can they can reach reach out?
2: Well, um, reignitedemocracyaustralia.com.au subscribing is the best way because no one can cancel me. Um, and reignitefreedom.com. Um, and I'm going to be uh, also changing over to Gab, G-A-B, which is actually a fantastic alternative uh, media as well, because my my plan is to eventually get off of all mainstream media, which is Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter, uh, because I really think we're actually playing in their game, trying to beat them in their game. And, and it's probably just not going to last forever. So so I think, yeah, so Gab Gab will be the next one. If you can't find me anywhere, look, look for me on Gab.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us. And um, we look forward to seeing what happens in the next week or so. Do you want to set up this final video? It's a a great production. Um, There's obviously a lot of work gone into it. You're working with some amazing people. Why don't you set it up and we'll go out on it.
2: Sure. Well, this project was actually six months in the making because it kept evolving into different missions and strategies. I think we wrote 16 different scripts or something like that. Um, But yeah, the people that you see in this video um, are actually all working with me on this global project because they also believe that we need to start Being unified and strategic instead of reactionary. So this is what this is about, and uh, everyone can be involved in any way. Whether you're a whether you've got a disability, you're retired, or you're a teenager, everyone can be involved in this in some way. And so this is uh, we hope to bring a lot of hope, and we hope to. create some sort of uh, competition to the world health organization and and the world economic forum because uh really at the end of the day it's the globalists that are making all of this this a problem covid is really a symptom of globalism so i think the fact that this the reignite world freedom is its number one mission is to push back against globalism which i think every faction of the freedom movement can agree with so i'm hoping it brings people together so that's it
0: awesome let's roll that tape thanks
2: monica Over the last two years, millions of us have been protesting and advocating for the restoration of our God-given rights. In every continent and country, we've all been pushing back any way we can. The world has never united under a common cause like this in human history. But they have ignored us, dismissed us, and used force and coercion. Unelected bureaucracies like the World Health Organization and the World Economic Forum are trying to centralize and digitize everything. It's time for them to go away.
3: The future is built by us.
2: It's time for a global event to send a clear message. We are not exchanging our freedoms for a false sense of security. Do you remember what the world used to be like when we had...
3: Freedom to be equal before the law.
1: Freedom to make your own medical choices.
0: Freedom to work without mandated medical procedures. Freedom of speech.
3: Freedom from censorship.
0: The freedom to protest.
3: Freedom of movement. Freedom of expression. Freedom of political communication. Freedom of worship.
2: Freedom to travel. What a different world it is now.
1: Now you're individuals who are literally going against your oath to fight against peaceful people.
0: I love how people talk about personal freedom.
2: It's time for the governments around the world to hear our voices and leave us alone. We are not their puppets. We are not their test dummies. We elected them to execute our will, not to enforce tyranny under the guise of public health. So, what can we do that they cannot ignore? What can we do to bring governments to the negotiating table? A global walkout and convoy to our capital cities around the world on the same day. They cannot ignore that. We are calling this the global walkout. A walkout from work, from school, and from participating in the tyrannical society they're trying to slow boil us into. To the governments around the world, we have this message for you. Every day, we are living more in knowledge and less in fear. Every day, the number of people willing to say no to you, grows. Every day, we become more united, more courageous and more unstoppable. Stop fighting against us and start working with us.
3: We are the 99%!
2: We have experts ready and willing to replace the ones that have led you astray with inaccurate models and fear-based pseudoscience. They will continue to use fear and coercion to manipulate us into complying to things we don't want. So why not draw your line in the sand now? This was the moment when surveillance
3: started going under the skin, because really we haven't seen anything
0: yet.
2: For all the information about this global event, go to www.reignitefreedom.com and we will announce the walkout dates once we have enough pledges worldwide. So sign up now so we can walk out soon. We will all be together soon in our capital cities to celebrate our freedom, strength and unity. Because after all, in the truest sense, freedom cannot be bestowed, it must be achieved. Together we can and will reignite world freedom.
0: You can find Counterspin, New Zealand's media revolution at Counterspinmedia.com and now on the Infowars network
1: at band.video. If you're suffering with insomnia, depression, anxiety and even pain, then check out the Alphastem. Alphastem is a safe, drug-free medical device clinically proven to really work. AlphaStim is used by medical professionals around the world including national health services and the military. Receive $50 off and free delivery throughout New Zealand by using the Counterspin link and promo code. For a limited time only and while stocks last, so order yours today.
0: Mama, I have an ouchie. It's okay, Mama will fix it. Simply shake ouchie powder directly onto the wound the natural antibiotic properties of ouchy powder will sterilise the wound.
2: Once the powder is applied, wait a few seconds while the ouchy powder absorbs the excess blood and forms a protective layer sealing the wound. Thanks mum, can I go play now? Alchie powder, fixes wounds fast!